0: Allowed because
1: we're an expensive podcast. Fuck yeah. what, was last, what was the last one?
2: You can swear. Oh, <laughs> That's it. you can swear. Yeah, they gave us the R rating, so we just Woo-hoo. figure let everybody embrace mm-hmm. it. We gave ourselves the R rating. It's, it's true. Like something
0: that you don't want. <laughs> yeah. so if you if you give it to yourself, then you're like, all right,
2: this is going to reach fewer people, but we really want to say fart I, shit. <laughs> it was the, the cutest thing I've ever seen. Was uh, when we had uh, Chris Reavers from Score North was on, and uh, he literally had trouble making himself swear because he had been on the air for so long on like terrestrial radio yeah. that his brain was oh, just wired like, you hey, I it. can't do that. And uh, he, I, I ended up hanging out with him on Thursday. We recorded a radio show at the State Fair. And uh, <laughs> even afterwards, hanging out having a beer, he kept saying fudge. And I was just no, like, yeah, I don't no, know, man. The, like, it's definitely in his programming. It makes me... And he's also like the father of two young children. Like, I, I get it. It's just a very different world than, than where I exist. And for some reason, like him just repeating the word fudge just made me uncomfortable. <laughs> it's like, just, just say fuck. Yeah, right. <laughs> oh, oh, man. Cool. Uh, well, let's get running here. Yeah, Charles, how you been?
0: I am doing well. Ooh. We got perfect weather right now. It's 70s every day. Been trying not to be inside for any reason (laughs) so I've been smoking a lot of cigars the laptop's been outside with me an awful lot drinking coffee doing work pulling up slack Uh, yeah things have been things have been good I would say
2: It's just so nice when we get these little windows. For those of you that uh, have never been to or don't live in Minnesota, we get these little windows of addiction of like two to three weeks where it's the most beautiful, amazing weather and everybody has to bring it up to each other about how this is what we wait for. And then uh, then it happens and then it's gone and then something awful is right around the corner. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) It's like baked into our DNA. Uh, But enough about weather because we have an incredibly nice human here to talk in the podcast We don't need to talk about how nice it is outside. We can just go enjoy it when we're done recording Uh, But you know what I should I shouldn't be the one introing you Uh, tell the world who you are and and what it is that you do
1: Hi world. I'm Diane Diane Moore Um, I'm a pastry chef slash head baker I'm not sure what my title is. I make sweets.
2: Resident
0: badass. <laughs> Whatever you want it to be on any. Yeah. Day. I make sweets. Um
1: I work at Belcore uh, bakery at Cooks. I'm a mother of two. I'm also I've been really, really busy because I've been a full time baker slash full time mom slash my mom and dad runs a they sell some guinea hens, sure. guinea fowls, and so I've been like their contact oh, for cool. the Twin Cities. So I would bake some muffins, <laughs> go back on my phone, and like, okay, how many you want? Ten? Okay, <laughs> it's gonna be da da da, da. <laughs> Facebook, Venmo, you know. So it's been oh, back and forth, back and forth, and it's just been crazy busy.
2: Do I remember right? Is it? Are your your parents in Wisconsin? Yes, Wisconsin. Okay. Their mm-hmm. farm's
1: like three hours away from here. Oh, okay. that's awesome
2: where where in the in the mitten where in the state of uh,
1: almost central it's steven's by steven's point oh sure yep but Very it's cool. junction city um they have 120 acres wow yeah that's it's a such really a nice farm
2: beautiful area of the country too mm-hmm. i don't often say nice things about the state of wisconsin but it is pretty stunning when you get back there there's a, a distillery that's not too far away from there called Driftless Glen. Yep, I
1: that, think. I've been, God, was it there? No, I was at Central Waters. Oh, probably. sure. Yep. yeah. yeah. Also, Which in in amazing. a similar yep. area,
2: mm-hmm. uh, but we were. I just really. I was driving all the way across the state, and I thought it'd be really fun to kind of see what what a distillery in the middle of nowhere looked like. And you come around the the highway, sort of bends around, and it's this picturesque town. It's got like the old water wheel on the river. And it's all these, like, cute little, like, bluffs. It, it was just amazing. And and I freely admit I was a, a freeway across the state kind of guy. And now that I've gone exploring a little bit, every time I do it, I try to just drive off somewhere and find something crazy or cool or weird. That's a great idea. That's fun. Yeah.
1: <laughs> if you have time.
2: If you have the time. It is very time-consuming, but I, uh, I'm i used to windshield time, and so there's a lot of podcasts and a lot of music and a lot of me boring my wife with long-winded stories. I'm sure no one listening has any experience in that. <laughs> uh, well, you, you chose a cocktail today, which I think is really cool, because uh, it has been a very long holiday weekend for me. And, We're mixing uh, it up. Mixing literally. it up. <laughs> really feels good. Uh, what was it about... Kettle One Soda Lime, is there something about that that, that draws you?
1: Um, one, less calories. Yeah. <laughs> I'm older now, so it's harder to lose weight. So I have to choose my drinks wisely. You know, it's so crazy is when I hang out with my, you know, work more Americanized friends, I can have cocktails like this and I can have beer of my choice, less beer, more cocktails. But when I'm with my family, my Asian side, it's like we slam but light. Oh, sure. We're slamming yeah. Heineken and Corona <laughs> and doing shots of Hennessy. And it's a whole different world. So I just had two days off with family, and it was full of Bud Light and Hennessy and shots of Jameson. So this Kettle One is my to-go-to. Kettle One Soda with a lime is my go-to drink.
0: Diane actually came over to the dark side because she saw that I pre-mixed Dirty Vodka. Yes, lunch. yes. She yes. yes. said... <laughs> I'm like, let me what's let that? me get one of those. And also, loggers. <laughs> I forgot I have a four pack of toms in the fridge. I knew I wish to
2: partake. I'm going to crack one right now. Well, well, I mean I probably should. Yeah, I uh I was it's so funny that I work in craft beer now because I was always a cocktail guy first, probably wine second and beer third. But I got really drawn as I got better at amateur uh cooking at home, I got really drawn to the idea that I can go from grain to glass with beer. Yeah. And I loved telling the story, so it was more of a draw to me. Um, the spirits game for a while, and this is this is probably ten years ago for me. But the spirits game for a while got into like a an arms race about who can find the most exclusive, coolest booze, and then make a cocktail with that, and that'll get people to come into your bar. And that didn't that seemed like that was defeating the purpose of like this open sourcing of information and sharing all these ideas. So beer was really cool because. If you have the time and if you have the means, like literally anybody can make it. So I wanted to get into that, but now that I work in beer, I probably drink less beer than I really? ever used to, except when I'm at like work events. Mm-hmm. Funny how that works. Like at home, I, I aside from this weekend when we were we were all cooking together, uh, I don't I can't tell you the last time that I just cracked a beer casually at home. Uh, but if I'm out, like I love supporting the brand, I love trying new things. But it's more of like a, a discovery thing for me. Yeah. I'm thinking about it in a, like a work sense. Not having a beer doesn't revolve around relaxing anymore. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm sure, I, I'm sure other people in, in their different professions probably feel that same way. But uh, in the interest of time, I feel like we should uh, have a little cheers together. Yes, and then jump into this.
0: Hey, cheers, yes. guys! So
2: cheers, Welcome, cheers. Diane. Thanks for joining oh, us. Yeah, thank
0: you. I'll kick this off so question number one now that we're winding down Minnesota summer Diane what is your beverage food or song of the summer of 2021 (sighs)
3: ooh
0: (laughs) so good does anything come to mind
1: Uh, beverage you know this summer as much as I could I tried to go to Meteor Bar Mm, yeah, and anything they had there was delicious so I would say anything at Meteor was my choice god they have a passion fruit Rob, if Rob was here, he could tell me. But it was a passion fruit drink that I really, really love. Um, I think I get it every time I'm there.
0: Try to think of which one has passion fruit. Uh, Hold on, I'll look this up
2: over here. Yeah, <laughs> consult the Google box.
1: Food. I actually went all out at the State Fair this year, and I never do that. Really? Um, I had the wild rice burger, which I thought was delicious, and I'm not a burger girl. I will never get a burger unless like I'm out with friends and somebody orders it and I'll have a bite. Sure. Well, sure. okay. I like, I love the parlor burger. Okay. I'll get that.
3: <laughs> <laughs> Fair.
1: <laughs> um, but I don't know. That was really good. What other highlight of food did I have this year? Do you guys have this all yeah. made up in your head? Yeah, All God. thought of, Heck thought through?
0: Yeah. We, we can peek behind the curtain. So. <laughs> yeah, it's a lot you easier can, for yeah, us. Yeah, if you want to think about it. Sometimes the creative juices get flowing when we start to discuss it as well. And then the guests will be like, ooh, hang on a second. Let me let me fire mine real quick because yeah, I've got em. a bunch of them. Get them. Cigars. The summer of the Lancero. Hashtag Lancero Summer. Me and my cigar smoking buddies have been smoking a lot of They're like really long and thin cigars. Yeah. They're called Lanceros. We've been smoking the crap out of them this summer, and a lot of producers have been releasing more of them more than at any other time that I can recall in my life. These are cigars that used to be popular in like the 1960s, and then the closer we got to like the 80s and 90s, uh, primarily like wealthy men wanted like big, r- big like fat cigars. I have no idea why. Like the dark the leather bigger, steakhouse giant, yes, they like- got bigger and bigger uncomfortable to hold in your mouth you basically couldn't it was almost like you're proving something to like hold one of these (laughs) mammoths between your lips i understand this this sounds very weird but to those of you just dialing
2: in charles is definitely talking about cigars i am talking about
0: cigars (laughs) so lanceros used to be the popular type of cigar a long thin cigar where you would taste the wrap more and now they're becoming more popular so hashtag lancero summer beverage i went to puerto rico this summer with my wife it was our second anniversary trip uh, I believe we talked about this with yes, you, Diane, we when we were at the wedding. Uh, and the drink of choice there, uh, among my friends and among many people, is something called whiskey cocoa. It's literally <laughs> coconut water, scotch. Mm-hmm. That's it. That's and it, it is fucking fantastic. fantastic. And it like every... Like every...
1: fresh coconut water? Yes. Yeah. yes. Really?
0: Yeah. So you, We can get really great coconut. I actually like them here more than I did there because we get really great, unadulterated... Yeah coconut water that's like pink because it oxidizes if there's no chemicals in it, that 50-50 with scotch, you don't really even taste the scotch. You get like a touch of smoke no, and a touch of whiskey. Mm-hmm. It is so fucking it's good. I want to try that. I was,
2: there, uh, I was there three months before the world shut down and it was like I didn't appreciate enough of all that stuff because mm-hmm. I hadn't had it all taken away yet. Oh. So looking at his <laughs> pictures on that trip, I was just lusting after like, I want to go back. I want to have that again. I got to do that. Yeah. They're just doing a plastic cup with crushed ice, like, a, like one of those...
0: Uh, fogged plastic like really so flimsy plastic cups there <laughs> well there i probably had a good 10 12 but we right. drank a lot of stuff so that's actually quite a lot here i've probably had since we've been back a, a dozen of them as well nice. and i've been i've been ramping it up now that i'm getting good coconut water at uh whole foods nice and then pet nat and smash burgers that's what i'll say mm. pet nat because it's becoming more popular uh natural wine that is bottle conditioned and has its own carbonation if any listeners are unfamiliar and then i think smash burgers have finally arrived because since everything's reopened there have been so many restaurants that have spectacular smash burgers we've interviewed multiple guests who are new in the smash burger game and i think finally it's like arrived to the consumer on a a more standard basis it's more of a household name so that's my array of things that i think this summer uh became popularized in the
2: we were talking about this a little bit um Previous guest on the podcast, uh, Splinter and, and, and Josh did their mm-hmm. threw down, did their smashy thing. And all I could think of was like, I'm just so glad that we're not doing the over a quarter, over half a pound with a giant steak oh. knife in it, with the food that was piled up like no. a foot off the plate. Like, th- there was just never a time that I felt like any of that was necessary. Every
1: time I see that, I'm like, how are you eating that? Yeah. You're not even eating everything. No.
2: You're chopping you it up into a, it? a burger salad and then yeah. you just sort of eat it like with a fork. I don't yes, – Yes.
1: It's photography. It's, it looks yeah. great.
2: That's it. It's, and it's <laughs> funny that that was the thing like before the Instagram TikTok thing. It seems like that would be something that would get popular mm. now. But I love the fact that it's that tight. is just gone. But and now I, thin, I mean, salty, buttery patties. I can
1: – talk Crap about that burger, but then I'm the girl who would, would get a Bloody Mary and wants all the stuff on top. Yeah. <laughs> that's me. But unless you eat that like yeah. one piece
2: at a time,
0: yeah. so it's fun to have the pageantry of that. Uh, it's the same thing as with cigars getting bigger and bigger. It's the same thing with burgers. When steakhouses started to make burgers in the 80s and 90s, they wanted to make like the big what can we make that is uh, worthy of our steakhouse for it to be like a big yeah. burger with lots of toppings on it. And that's not the way that things used to be, and not the way that things are anymore.
2: I'm also glad that we're not throwing Steakhouse on the title of a whole shit ton of foods. Because it was like, mm-hmm. it was like, this, it was, everything was bistro bites. in like the early 2000s. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then it was like, okay. somebody threw all those giant white plates with balsamic drizzle out the window. And then they were like, <laughs> I want fucking steak knives and I want shit that doesn't fit in your face. And then Steakhouse, 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 Steakhouse. Mm-hmm. And now yeah. I, I'm happy that we're at the Smashies. It's just, it's the, it's the appropriate time. Yes. <laughs> Uh, What was your song? Did you have a song?
0: No, we don't necessarily have to answer. I just did like 19 foods and four drinks. (laughs) All
2: right. Uh, Well, I'll admit defeat that uh, I finally got one over to the dark side of canned seltzers. And this Mm -hmm. summer, I've had more of those than I've ever had in my life all put together. They're good. They're great. As somebody who has... Easy to drink. uh, Yeah. They're easy
1: to drink. They're great.
2: To all of my DJ and musician friends out there uh, (laughs) who had trouble consuming a little too much from time to time, I started drinking vodka sodas because I could switch to soda water. And as long as they put Mm -hmm. a piece of fruit in that, nobody would know if I was drinking or not drinking. So seltzers felt adjacent to where I was. I just hate the fact that you always have to throw away a can. Mm -hmm. Like, it just... It creates. I know we can recycle it, but it just creates a ton of waste, and I have personal issues with that being in the beer industry. So I finally did it, and I just said, fuck it. I don't mind ordering one at a bar. That with a little shot next to it is pretty damn tasty. And again, lower in calories. Mm-hmm. Not absent, but lower. Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, I didn't really have a, a food this year that I really freaked out about, uh, with the exception, I guess, of I've, I've now started looking for really delicious smash burgers. Um, there was there was some arguments this summer over who had the best wings, but I've never not loved wings. I love uh, wings everywhere. Right. The parlor burger was so different when that came out, and now that people are doing different interpretations of it around town, it's fun seeing what everybody's done with mm-hmm. it. Um, as a kid, I hated onions, and now I love onions on like everything. So it's also been kind of fun, like just watching my own palate change. Yeah, right. And uh, I, I do want to throw a song out because this was my okay. jam. And it has been for a while, but uh, I just everything she puts out is like perfect for the summer. Uh, There's a woman named Remy Wolf who uh, flirted with fame a little bit on uh, doing pretty decently on some American Idol stuff. I never saw any Mm -hmm. of that. I think she made it to like the round of 16 or something. Every song she makes has a big fucking hook, has a dope beat. She kind of raps. She kind of sings. She layers shit tons of harmonies. Uh, and there's a track called Monte Carlo that I think actually came out last summer, but we didn't really get a summer last summer. So I dusted it off yeah, okay. this year, and I've been I've been banging that too, and it's just great. It's two and a half minutes of pure fun, no anger, no anything, just fuck it, let's cruise around town into Monte Carlo. Nice. And like sometimes that's exactly what you just need to do. Nice. Put the windows down, turn the music up, and, and feel the breeze. And we will go, go back to at the food.
1: Um, I totally forgot. Hmm. There's one place I've been dying, and I try yes. to go after... Every day if I can. I've I've just found her recently, but she's at Hmong Village, but everything she cooks, it reminds me of my mom and is so authentic. And whoever wants to know where it is can message me on my Instagram and I can tell you because I can't remember the stall at the top of my head. But she's closed on Tuesdays, she's open to six and I could never get there on time before she closes. Oh
3: really? <laughs> it's
1: like, oh six oh five, six ten, and she's like, Nope. <laughs> and I've taken all my assistants there and they all love it her food is just so delicious but she has this one dish it's like pork broth and she has like some pork intestines but it's like it's so pure Ooh. so clean it's so delicious I want that right now oh my god it's so good you're so, gonna have to tell me yeah we're gonna have to done. we're gonna have to go have figure to, that out <laughs> I have to take a picture of what stall number she is yeah
2: absolutely uh, well that, dude that's awesome uh, cheers to that yeah cheers cheers boom to summer 2021 to appreciating it's, it more than I've appreciated any summer. Is it really like, over? So I mean, sad. Yeah, not
0: yet. Like, we're almost, almost there. Two, two A
1: more weeks. More weeks <laughs>
0: couple more weeks. I'm packing it in still.
2: <sighs> Quam, what do you got? All right. Uh, well, I guess this kind of goes hand in hand with what we were just talking about, but um, is there like, obviously you have, you have so much going on at all times. You're, you're juggling so many different things is there an artist or a song in the music realm that allows you to just, like, let loose? Like, if you're going out on the town with some friends or if you finally get some alone time and you're just in the car and you can turn it up, is there something that's a go-to that just, like, takes the weight off your shoulders for a little bit?
1: You know, I love, 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 love The Weekend. Hell yeah. He's he's coming here in January, and I really hope that the concert's not canceled. Yeah. (laughs) Really, really hope so. Hope that's not. Um, You know... I'm like at a different stage in my life right now. I'm really, really like going back into times and listening to a lot of Hmong music, which is really crazy. Cool. But I'm listening to, there's so many upcoming artists, they're younger, but I'm listening to it. It's it's almost like country, and I know a lot of people hate country. I actually <laughs> love country music, but Hmong music is almost like country. There's always a storyline, there's always something like that. And I think there's a lot of stuff in my personal life that Goes with each song, and I think that's like when you're, you have a heart, you know, when you're sad, when you're happy, you listen to certain music, and I think Hmong music right now has really stolen my heart.
2: Is it, in saying that it's similar to country in like the storylines, is this a a traditional style of music, or is this a modernized, like the younger generation coming up and taking some influences and creating, okay, very cool.
1: Like yesterday, it was Hmong Day at the Minnesota State Fair, and it was really amazing to see the turnout and I was like, Oh my god, I wanna see I know who's playing. My daughter looks at me like, Really, mom? I'm like, <laughs> I'm really happy. Um, we stay there late and but like my sister, she's younger than me, she's like, I don't I've never heard of this person. Wow. Yeah. So I don't know, I've just tapped into like the Hmong culture a little bit more. Like, as I'm older now, so I'm really into of the history and how things were how things happened and how people are you know how people are adjusting.
0: That's so amazing. Yeah. I That's love super cool. Where can you absorb? Hmong yeah. uh, music. Is there are there YouTube, stations on? Um,
1: a lot of them are on Spotify. You can go on YouTube. There's David Yang. I love his music. Sometimes he does Monglish. Sure. Uh-huh. Uh, Kalea Universe. I think she was on the Current, um, but she was on oh. at the Bazaar Internet, the International Bazaar. She had her on yeah. stage oh, yeah. cool. for two hours. Um. So there's just some artists that I really, really like out there, and I've just really. My daughter says, "Mom, you are so OG. You're so fun. Yeah. Like, okay, it's okay to like this. One day you're gonna like it too."
2: Would you be willing to to um send us like a couple of those artists yeah. that we could put up? Yeah. So when people listen to this episode, then they could like look at the comments, yeah. and then they could click on on a link because I think it'd be really fun. Like I I I love just seeing how every generation takes what their parents or their grandparents did and then puts their own spin on it and goes from there. Yeah. And you know, the hope is that every culture you find out about you can also then find, you know, some of these artists doing that cuz that's the point of art is to just further the culture. Mm-hmm. That's uh, that's really cool. Uh Charles, what about you?
0: I love that answer because I hope that someday I get more into Lebanese music mm-hmm. cuz for me being in Lebanon, hearing that music makes me it's time and place. Like I know I'm there and I like listening to it. So sometimes in like an Uber or something, someone will be playing some Middle Eastern music and it like makes me happy because it makes me think of Lebanon. So maybe someday I'll finally understand like who this is. <laughs> I hear songs there, and I'm like, oh, man, I love this track, but I have no fucking idea. No either. idea. <laughs> uh, for now, I'll give you like the lame answer that is pretty on-brand for me. Joey Jordison, the drummer of Slipknot, recently passed away, so I've been listening to a lot of Slipknot, which is a very teenage Charles, and it uh, has made me feel really good, like getting in the Jeep and blasting Slipknot and then like singing in the car. Uh, I don't do a lot of the screamy stuff in the car anymore. I actually used to terrify people when I'd be on the way to band practice and i'd be scratching up my voice doing vocal exercises because i used to be a death metal vocalist but so mostly i do the sing-songy parts but uh i love it you know tap it on the wheel and stuff it reminds me of being 17 years old going to like the tattoo the earth tour in somerset and watching that band play and just being mesmerized by them and uh yeah it just makes me feel a lot of great memories from my early days of listening to extreme metal
2: that's so it's funny that you say that because my my answer is very similar, okay. Uh, but but it's it's the young kids that are doing it. Mm. There's um pop punk is getting cool again with mm-hmm. like seventeen to like twenty twenty one year olds. okay, And there's all these new bands only instead of all of like the dick and fart jokes that I listened to <laughs> when I was that age in yeah. in pop punk groups. Um, or just like the, fuck you, I'm angry at everything, and I'll mm-hmm. trash your house. Like <laughs> Or sad
0: about a girlfriend. Yeah, yeah. It's pretty there, much a combination there's like, of those it's, things. It's
2: like <laughs> socially forward lyrics. Like There's a pop punk song that directly talks about mental health. There's a pop punk song about uh, not touching women at concerts. And the band that I'm nice. super fucking in love with right now is uh, three women that met each other on the internet during COVID mm-hmm. and started sending each other tracks they're the first all-women-of-color group ever signed to Fueled by Ramen Records. They're called Meet Me at the Altar, and they have this song. Oh, oh I've heard about this. Dude, they have they I've have three too. singles out right now, and all three of them would have been on the charts when I was listening and playing that shit in, like, 96, 97, 98, and, like, hit like a girl. I played it for a female friend of mine, and she got, like, teary because she's like, I needed this song mm. when I was 16 or 17. Because it's like, no, fuck you. Like the, the breakdown, they go into a, like a halftime, like kind of like perfect for moshing at the show. Yeah. And, uh, and the lead singer's like, ladies and ladies, no gentlemen, show them what we got. And in the video of the one time they got to play it live, you can just see like it's a whole crowd of just women moshing together. And I can't believe that I'm 42 and I've never seen that before. Right. Because it's always dudes at those shows, you know. And thinking about the extra level of things that women had to go through just to be a fan to go see the show live. Because, I mean, we've seen this time and time again currently in the Lollapalooza or um, Woodstock 99 documentary. Like, every single woman that went up to crowd surf got basically sexually assaulted. I saw that at Ozfest. Yeah. Like, that's, yeah. And... It's horrifying. Yeah, like, I've never... I've never had to worry about that at a concert. I, I, I. The only thing I worry about is whether or not I'm blocking the people behind me. Right. So seeing that not only is the scene shifting or shifted, but then on top of it, the lyrics of the songs, the content of all that. Like, these kids are still playing these really brilliant, like, just barred chords and jumping all around wearing, you know, crazy loud shit, but they're actually talking about shit that matters too. And I think that is – I think it's really cool. I feel like a proud dad, yeah, like, great. when I listen to that shit. But I still, like – it's turned all the fucking way up. And my steering wheel is vibrating because I'm Love drumming it. on it as hard as I can. <laughs> Makes me happy. It's good to know the kids, the kids are all right. <laughs> uh, can I steal some of your Dirty Dirty? You sure can. Where, really where did good. that bottle go? It's in the fridge. Oh, it's in the fridge.
0: Right in the I mini fridge. Uh, yeah, why don't you grab it and then I'll move on to the next question. So question number three. This is something that occurred to me because of some differences in uh habits between marnie and myself when it comes to like the way we do dishes and things like mm-hmm. that and it stemmed from uh growing up in the household that i did with you know two lebanese parents um and con- and thinking of like the way that i know how to do things differently because i learned them from my parents but it wasn't always that way so diane is there something that you can um uh, it was a, sorry, I almost read Quam's question. <laughs> What's some uh, weird shit both or either your parents say when you were a kid that you didn't understand at the time, but you do now?
1: Hmm. So much stuff. I mean, if I was to be real, real, mm-hmm. I mean, my parents, they're such hard workers. I mean, we were, we, they bought a farm in Wisconsin, in 91, 90. And I think we moved up in 91 and they tried so much stuff. They did, um, cucumbers what we were picking for pickles um they started doing jensen and then they switched to farmer's market and you know not learn and then you know we're kids we would get off the school bus at four we would be out the field to like eight or ten helping we would have so much mosquito bites i mean we were so tired of it (laughs) but you know i i totally understand my mom and dad's mentality i'm like i'm so sick and tired of this i'm gonna run away and my dad's like this is nothing like one day you're gonna realize how good you have it and you know, I got married really young and I everything my parents said to me, oh my god, it hit me like he, they pushed me so hard, but they were my mom and dad and they will never let me fall. They pushed me so far, far that when I was off my own, everything I did was a piece of cake. And I realized it because the, you know, my sister in laws and everybody was raised differently. Sure. But to see that, hey, can you do this? Yeah, I got it. Can you do this? Yeah, I got it. It was just like, oh yeah, why can't you do that? It's They pushed me to a limit, to a point where I was upset, but they loved me. There was no doubt that they didn't love me. They loved me, but everything came at me when I left the nest. It was easy. I mean, if you ask my daughter now, she'll probably say the same thing. Yeah. (laughs) It's hard love, um, but that's the one thing that I see that's different. It's like, you know, my dad, my parents are so old school and we'll the garden. we be in the garden. And I remember two years ago, my daughter's like, oh, my God, my back is going to break. I'm so tired. My mom's like, oh, OK, why don't you go inside and rest? My dad's like, no, 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 no.
3: <laughs> she, he
1: goes, are you going to die? You're not going to die. You're not going to go. And I'm just like, yeah, you see that? I'm like, that's how he talked to me when I was growing up. And it's true. It's like they're older than you. And if they can still be out there, why can't you? We're much younger. We're much healthier. And it's true. It's just how they how they say it at the time just does not register in your head until you're off, out on your own, and you realize, like, wow, that's why my, my mom and dad pushed me so hard because everything in life that came at me was easier to deal with. Sure.
0: So you feel like that instilled some work ethic in you in a very early age, where oh. you didn't understand yes. it at the time. And yeah. then you were, later on, you were like, oh, yeah. Yeah, well. I mean
1: – I like that. I send my daughter to the farm every year, but this year she volunteered to go for three weeks. Dang. She volunteers. She took off three weeks off at McDonald's. She went to the farm, and I'm not kidding you. I messaged all my siblings because my kids are older than theirs. I'm like, everybody needs to send their kids to mom and dad's house. She came home and she was, she's a changed person. She's thoughtful. She, I went to work and she cleaned the whole house without me asking her to. And she's like, who's, I feel so bad for grandma and grandpa who's gonna help them on the farm I'm like
0: <laughs> who are you usually yeah.
1: you're in your room <laughs> yeah sleeping playing on your phone staring you at the screen um so she sees oh, man, life that must differently have made you so too. proud oh it's great i mean it's it's great it's you know i told my dad like okay i need you to teach her how to butcher a chicken by the time i come pick her up i want her to learn how to and she didn't get to that part but she learned how to like clean a chicken and all that stuff. And usually, when I go to the farm, I give her some fresh meat. She'd be like, "Ew!" Yeah. But this time, I'm like, "Hey, can you grab those chickens and put it over here?" She's like, "Yep." It was oh, a piece of cake.
2: That's amazing. Like, Growing so up right in front of your eyes.
1: So I'm like, she needs to go to a farm every year.
2: <laughs> yeah. Every sounds year. like it. That's awesome. <laughs> I think there's a I, I like looking back at because I'm the great grandchild of of immigrants but looking at the stoicism of the older generation back then when i finally got to go back to where my family is from i had to like realize part of that stoicism was because like weakness can kill you
3: mm-hmm. like
2: if the land is actively trying to kill you or the culture at that time is is telling you that you don't matter and there's no net like everybody has to be hard because you have to be able to push when everybody needs to push or you fall apart and that was something I definitely did not understand. I was like, why are all you people so quiet? Nobody gives no. hugs. and No one says, you know, it was, that's weird. Sure. Um, but the thing that when, when you wrote me that question um, was a direct reflection of my mother. Because when I was a kid, all I wanted was for her to be around. And I mm-hmm. thought she just liked work more than me. And it's because of the echoes of those generations. She was the first one to go to college. She was the first one to really pull herself you know, kind of like well, not the first one, but she pulled herself out of a pretty impoverished existence for the two of us and built one hell of a life. And now she'll tell me, like, why aren't you slowing down? <laughs> and I'm like, No, because like this is what we gotta do. Like, I gotta eat what we can eat. Yeah. And I'll catch you know, this is the first time in my life I haven't had at least two jobs. And now instead of that I'm I worked seven of the last nine weekends. It's not necessarily like the best, but I one hundred percent understand where she was coming from mm-hmm. at that time. Because I, I know I'll slow down eventually, but for now, while I can, and while people are still calling and events still want me to do like, this is the time to do it. And I did not understand that as a kid at all. And now like, I wish I could now go back to my mom when she was in her early thirties and she was working 16 or 18 hours a day. I wish I could just speak, like shut myself up and just like say, Hey, I'll get this later. I'm sorry. I don't right now. You know, what about you? It's interesting
0: that this is the present talking point because when I was a kid and my mom probably for most of my adult life would have hated me bringing this up because of the nature of it but uh, she used to bake flatbread for churchgoers and I would help her. I would have to stand in front of a a 700 degree oven on a summer day in my basement while my friends were playing outside if it was the day that we had to bake bread and i'd be wearing gardening gloves so i wouldn't burn my little hands and be flipping the bread and so you could say my first job was as a baker and i was doing that as a very little kid but yeah that was the same thing it taught me discipline and, and work ethic mm-hmm. and made it so that i think when i had jobs i didn't want they weren't like bothersome to me to the degree that i wanted to just like
2: grab my things and
0: go because I just didn't want to do it, which is not a way that I've really framed it, at least cognizantly Mm -hmm. in the past. I'm going to say something way more superfluous, though. My actual answer is, when I was a kid, my parents, and this is very much like a foreigner thing, this happens in every foreign family, whether it's uh, uh, South American, Asian, Middle Eastern, African, my mom would save every. Uh, container for <laughs> any <laughs> any food stuff and then reuse it as yes. Tupperware and I always thought it was embarrassing when Fred's come yes. over and I had a YoPlay container full of Aid, yes. like Age why is in a YoPlay yeah. container but now I'm like dude I'm always giving people to go stuff yep. and I'm making sauces and yep. like I, I save as many delis as I can <laughs> that I get for exactly. ice cream gallons
1: yep. the ice cream yep. gallons dude yep. those Kemp's ice cream <laughs> pails yes. you yes. can do
0: so much with them yep but now Marnie so now Marnie's always anytime we got like a jar like this olive mm-hmm. jar are right here when that's empty, Marnie won't toss it. She'll look at me and say, Do you, should we keep it? Do we need this? <laughs> Whereas when we first moved in together, she thought it was crazy when I'd be like, why are you throwing that jar away? And that's a went, perfectly good jar. Because it's recycling. <laughs> yep. That's the other thing is I think that, so first of all, it's it's smart. If you need containers, hey, look, you got a free container when you mm-hmm. bought this yogurt. But secondly, it's good for the environment, mm-hmm. like saving those things, especially, I mean, now we have really good recycling. But when I was a kid, it was pretty difficult to recycle. You had to really mean it. Like if you wanted to recycle, you had to sort it your yourself and you had to you had to do it in your own little trash can they didn't bring you the bin, and we would save every container, so the only things we recycled were giant bags, which by the way in a foreign family, we put those in giant. Uh, garbage bags in, and we would take them to the recycling center so you get money yeah, for yeah, them. Yeah,
2: you get like a dime or a nickel or something each? Right, I don't know. It was, <laughs> a I penny. think, like
0: a fraction of a penny but yeah. we'd have like five bags in the back of the car and we'd
1: get... been. I'm so glad your family did that too. Our family did that too. The, yeah. Yeah.
2: the best thing about my mom becoming like a Trader Joe's convert is now we know all of the yogurt and cottage cheese containers that she sends home with us. We know which ones are hers because they're all exclusively <laughs> sure. from Trader yeah. Joe's so then we can just stack them up when we're done because she still wants them back. Yeah, oh, like even, Oh, she even,
1: wants them back. Yeah, you after the font, back. the
2: font, the <laughs> font is gone. All that. Like we still got to bring them back.
0: That hey, is. You got my oh, containers. That yep. yep. we just took one home to my mom yesterday, but it wasn't one of those. It was like an actual thing. But you have to bring them back. Like my mom, she's got this categorization in her brain of the 3000 containers she has. She'll remember the four that are at your house. Yeah, sure. <laughs> Can't remember I gave you tabbouleh in that one container. Where's it at?
2: Like, ah shit. Damn it. <laughs> <laughs> that's so awesome. Oh, that's, that's fantastic. I didn't realize that was as ubiquitous as it is. That's amazing. <laughs> uh, well, cheers to the weird shit that we cheers. figured out was actually the great shit.
3: Yes.
0: <laughs> cheers. Guam, you got question number four. And then yeah, I'm gonna pour myself
2: another drink. And I feel like uh, I feel like this is a perfect question because we've already, I think, kind of touched on this twice. But um, three people sitting in a room who are very in touch with our roots and and mm-hmm. where our culture is from is there something that can instantly put you in touch with that vibe, uh, make you feel like you're in Southeast Asia, whether whether that's traveling, is there a thing when you travel somewhere that that just puts you there? Or something here that you eat or that you hear or that, that you do that really, like, if you close your eyes for a second, you could be there?
1: Um, no. For me, it's more... I work a lot and I rarely eat at home. And I have family meal, which is more Americanized food. So when I'm really missing home... um. I'll pull some pork from my parents' farm from the freezer or buy some pork and I'll cook I'll cook like really authentic Hmong food because I really miss that home feeling and it really brings me back to who I am and kind of calms me down of rice and food it would be taste it would taste better if your mom cooked a few right um but she's not there so i cook i will Anytime I have any day off, when I do have eatings off, I cook at home.
2: Can I can I dig a little deeper and just ask like is there is there a dish or a, a flavor and ingredient something that's a t- like a touchstone?
1: Mm, not really. It's more of using the meat that my parents gave me. Sure. Every time I go there, they give me like a whole two bags <laughs> full of like meat from the freezer and. That would be the greatest I usually, thing ever. I know, and it's That's, all like organic, yeah, free range. Um,
0: is that another thing with your family that is similar to mine? They just give you ton. Yeah, eating, they just give you a ton like, of food. Like, oh, you're going home. What are you going to eat? Here, here, yeah,
1: here.
0: You
3: know? for sure. Um, I mean, I came home one
1: day, and my brother butchered me a small pot pig. Like, not butchered, just like here. And I'm like. <laughs> I love
3: you, okay, oh, thanks. Beautiful.
1: <laughs> um but I think that's for me is yeah. i'm I'm like the only sibling that's in the cities. everybody's in Wisconsin, so whenever I'm feeling um, like I miss my mom or need to get in touch with me, I just go home and cook mung food, rice, a little pepper my daughter I've trained her really well to make good pepper yeah. um and that's that's what I do
2: that's beautiful, <laughs> yeah. Charles, uh, what about you? Uh,
0: so I'm fortunate that I have a touchstone, mere blocks from my house. It feel like this is the nice family edition because uh, my my mom again. It it's mostly like if she makes tabbouleh, which she's mm. doing tomorrow. We were we mm-hmm. we grilled at her house yesterday and. I made, uh, well, she she took uh, some ground beef that I brought over and made gufta. So she put, like, uh, parsley, onion, cinnamon, black pepper in it. And then I got these 24-inch skewers, and I formed, like, gigantic logs of gufta around it,
3: huh. uh,
0: which was super cool. And then we did lamb skewers with uh, cherry tomatoes and onion. But uh, she didn't make tabbouleh because she didn't have enough... Tomato, but today she was like, "You coming over for lunch?" I'm like, "I'm way too busy today." She's like, "All right, I'm gonna cut everything up, but I'll mix it tomorrow." So like tomorrow, I'm like, "Okay, I gotta there stop on my mom's. I gotta get some <laughs> go to tabouli tomorrow." Yeah, but that you know that reminds me of um, it reminds me of Lebanon in a way that no local Lebanese restaurant can because I've had all their tabouli. Mm-hmm. I've had the shelf tabbouleh, but because when I'm having tabbouleh in Lebanon, a lot of times it's from family members, and my mom makes it the same way that my aunts do because they all learn in the same place. So that makes me immediately think of uh, Lebanon we also have the good fortune in the Twin Cities now of having so much produce available at stores that we didn't used to have mm-hmm. which I think mm-hmm. people of all different walks of life and cultures are finding like when I was a kid I could not find or like a teenager or young adult I couldn't find um, green hummus green green chickpeas so fresh green chickpeas, which are one of the most incredible foods on earth, and people don't know about it. Uh, green almonds, so like the fuzzy green oh, almond, which people so don't good. realize you can eat. They are delicious. And then fava beans, which we've always had, like fresh fava beans. So basically, all the green stuff. And then the spring sweet peas. Just a big tray of all those things reminds me of my late uncle Antoine and his because he farmed all those things. Having each of those things reminds me of like sitting, in, you know, on his. Deck with him drinking Ara and just like eating fresh green things that came out of the earth. (laughs) That just sounds
2: awesome. Uh, So, I'm lucky enough that um, the reason that my family moved here when literally half of the region uh, left in the span of 30 years to come to the US, Mm -hmm. and the reason that most of them picked this area is because it's almost identical in soil, it's almost identical in trees. And um there is a very specific smell and this is the the kickoff of this season, from now through about October, there is a specific smell uh when it rains here and it's in that like mid fifties that it's the exact same smell as the streets of Oslo for me. And that even though that's about four hours south of where my family's actually from, that is that's home to me. That was where I lived and that is that is you everything spent a lot of time that I love. Yeah. Right. Um but when I'm really when i'm really home like i call it homesick i don't know what else to say but when i really need that like immediate touchstone um we have this 100 plus year old market uh in on on east lake street called ingebretsons really? and it's still run by like these adorable old swedish and norwegian people uh, they don't take credit cards. You can still write checks there, but they don't they take still credit don't, cards. wont. they do in the They're gift shop, out. they do in the gift shop, but wow. in the, in the butcher shop, okay. they don't. And um, because where where we're from is so uh, was so harsh, especially uh, back then, Um, There aren't a lot of fresh vegetables or anything that grows, So that's why, um, like, Scandinavian food relies so heavily on spices because Mm -hmm. you you can get them and then you can keep them for longer. They don't go bad. And it smells like a mixture of, like, my grandmother's kitchen with Mm. all of those spices in the air. And it's just filled with all of, like, the blood sausage and the meatball mix and all that. But what I didn't realize until recently is they have one little cooler that also has... All of the like the chocolate and the candies that I used to have when I was a kid. Sure. So there's a, a chocolate company called Freya, and then there's um, an orange soda called Sulu, which is it's like Fanta on steroids. I mean, I'm sh- I have never looked at like what's in steroids, it. Steroids, but... caffeine, or sugar content? Both. <laughs> okay, that scares <laughs> no, the crap it's, out it's, of me. No, it's it's sugar content. Oh um, man!
0: But what's it's with a... orange drinks? There's orange drinks overseas that are super sugary everywhere. Like uh, what's the one with that funny fucking video? The Irish guy. The Scottish guy. All I could picture is the Phantom one, but
2: uh, it's. Uh, Erdenbru. Is that the one you are talking about? Erdenbru. Yeah, it's Erdenbru. <laughs> yeah. Okay. That's, yeah. And that is. Well, so what they have that at Ingebrettson? So yeah, they, they, have they have Sulu. It. Okay. Uh, and that is. <laughs> I, I literally, like, probably once every three or four weeks. I'll pull over there. I'll make sure I got a couple bucks. I run in. I'll grab a little thing of chocolate and I'll grab one of those. I'll oh, get man. into my car. I won't even drive. I'll get in my car and I'll drink the entire three thing in like three pulls and I'm home for just a second. I'm there. I like, I, I can, everything is around me and it's just like, ah, there we are. Okay. Let's go. Back man. to it. Let's go. <laughs> yeah. Snap out of it. But I love, I love that it's like just those little things. It just gives you a little slice of that. Mm-hmm. For sure. And, and I, we all need that. <laughs> Uh, Diane, are there any – after
0: the point that I made regarding, like, groceries that I can find here now that remind me of traditional foods from Lebanon, are there things available to you now that weren't when you were a kid, even, like, when you were in Wisconsin or –
1: um, I mean, the Twin Cities, You, we have more variety of, like, vegetable. But um, if there's any plant or anything, if my mom and dad's ever sick or anything, they're like, hey, if you go to this grandma and tell them you want this and ah. this, they grow it there. And I go to Monk Town and they have it all there. I'm, like, looking at this, I'm like, oh, my God, they all look the same. Um, <laughs> but not really. I mean, they, I agree with you. Uh, we do have more access to more things now. In the summertime, I try to, like, right now, I'm like really late. Usually, I'm harvesting. I'm going to the farmer's market, I'm harvesting for my freezer yeah. right now. So, I mean, I know all the farmer's market where I can go. And they're so cheap, and I hate it when people bargain. I really hate Ooh. it. People uh, stop bargaining <laughs> at the farmer's market. Stop. <laughs> they work so hard for their money. Oh my God. We all work hard for our money. But, yeah. like, farmers, you're not in the sun all day. Let them be, yep. just pay.
2: Also, like, you can't just walk into somebody else's office and start haggling. Like, yeah. like, I can't show up at Best Buy and be like, I'll give you 200 bucks for that TV. Oh.
3: Like, <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's interesting
2: that insane. it's a
0: dynamic that a lot of farmers at the farmer's market are accustomed to, and some of them seem like they're, they're open to it. I would absolutely never do it. Uh, but it's, it's funny to see, especially when like, you see people who will go stand to stand and they're like mad. Mm-hmm. Like they just make offers and then they're just like, fuck you. And they turn around and like walk to the next. one. I'm like, are you trying to make dinner? Or are you trying to pick fights? I like- have been on the flip side of that though. <laughs> uh,
2: at a, a market in Tallinn, Estonia or just outside of Tallinn, Estonia. Um, they, uh, they had like professionally made like mix CDs of like European club music and like okay. American hits. Like a greatest hits from the Chemical Brothers that doesn't exist. And it was all like 40 cents for each CD. And this is when I, you know, I saw my Discman and my, yeah. my CD wallet and dude freaked out, screamed at me and tried to throw me out because I didn't haggle with him. And he took that as an insult that I was saying that I was better by just offering the money. He wanted to have oh. the back and forth and huh. I needed a translator to explain that to me. And then I still ended up giving him the same amount of money, but we agreed that I would pay half for the stuff and then I was going to tip him because those CDs don't exist in America. And that was, he needed to have the back and forth. That's pretty wild. Yeah. Yeah. Can you imagine if the farmers had that? <laughs> exactly. It's like, wait, what? What
1: you want me give me? You want to give me ten dollars for this five dollar
2: product? You'd rather have I'll no. You'd rather have no money than have <laughs> yeah. me not ask for less, dude. Like, wait, <laughs> most, what?
0: <laughs> most of the time, the case is that if you're not from there, like when I was in the seafood market in Santiago, Chile, and I had friends with me who were like, "Don't buy anything from the store." I know you want to get a souvenir for Marnie, but. If they know you're not from Chile, they will charge you double because they know you don't know the difference. That's usually the case. That's usually what happens. Uh, let's All right. Let's move on. To question number five, right? Yeah, we're number five.
1: How many we, questions are there?
0: Six. Okay. We have a very similar theme here today. It seems like this is very thematic. Yeah. All right, Diane, Diane please uh, name something you've eaten while traveling that made you think this isn't made the same anywhere else and something people say that about that you think is bullshit.
1: <sighs> say that again. <laughs> so
0: something that you've eaten out of this town, like another state, another city, another country, mm-hmm. where it's like a unique thing that is made in that area that you think can't be made anywhere except that place or not as well anywhere else and then something that people say that about that you think is bullshit because there's you know a lot of food items that people are like oh man if you didn't have detroit style pizza in
2: detroit you've never had detroit style pizza like that kind of a thing if you need a second do i have about it? It? I a it okay cool so uh this is <laughs> hot, hot take alert here <laughs> okay i i have started fights over this i do not believe that Guinness is better when you're in Ireland or or anywhere in Europe. Okay. They always say, Oh, it's it. I'm sure it's made differently. Hmm. I've drank a lot of Guinness. I met my wife while working at an Irish pub. I've traveled a lot. I've been very fortunate. I, I just don't get, I think you're taking in your surroundings and employees, baby. And, and that does affect you, but it's not the product itself. They don't like make a lesser product and ship it to the U S or make a lesser product in Canada and distribute through North America. I I just truly don't believe that. I think it's, you know, there's maybe a different water, but I don't think it's that much better that we need to, like, start fights over it. (laughs) Uh, That said, I will say that my experience where really fine dining places that do barbecue, it will never hold a candle to like a shitty restaurant with a red and white tablecloth and a giant barrel smoker out back. I agree. Doing that. And I have yeah. sure. I have tried to check myself on whether it's, I just don't like the surroundings as much when I'm, I... I think it's an
1: atmosphere. Mm-hmm. Everything, is like, everything goes into it. It's well, different. Well,
2: what, what changed my mind on it was Paul at Matt's bar when he was explaining to me that even if he takes Juicy Lucy's home, it's not the same. It's not. Because that flat top has been seasoned for 22 yes. years. It said yeah, 80 million burgers yep. cooked upon it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and if you're at, if you're at Bubba's barbecue in North Carolina or um, I think it's literally called high barbecue in Jerome, Arizona, these people have been doing that like that smoker is second generation already because people have been smoking on it for 60 years. it just gets a better flavor. And no matter what really cool state of the art, uh, Thomas Keller uh, designed pressure cooking like it just it's not going to be the same and that is something that it's not necessarily the region but I want what what you would say is like the, the lowest conditions I want the really dirty smoker I want it to come in on somebody with a paper plate thrown down on a, a tablecloth that may have been wiped once this week like that to me the whole thing works but it, it all comes down to how it's cooked
0: so ge- geographically, would you say like Carolina barbecue?
2: That's what I prefer, but yeah. I've had I've had just as good barbecue in uh, in Arizona, in Illinois. Oddly enough, uh, it's, no, it,
0: that's not odd at all. Green Street Meats. Are yeah, like I mean, it
2: comes down to like what what tools are you using? And the mm-hmm. minute you try and chef it up and make it fancy, to me, sometimes that's where you you lose the connection for just the amount of flavor that's in that in that barrel. Right. And I,
0: I wouldn't say that Minnesota barbecue doesn't know what it's doing. Part of it is that we have uh, restrictions regarding the types of vessels we can cool use and advice. where they're located because we do have some very very good barbecue here. Mm-hmm. I
1: agree. But we places have that have like
0: generational smokers barbecue here. Yeah, mm-hmm. and that's growing yeah. too, I think cuz yeah. we finally found out how to do it, mm-hmm. right? Like animales, John's figured out Amazing. where and where he can put a trailer mm-hmm. and yep. the exact like conditions that he needs to mm-hmm. to hone his craft and that's why it's the best barbecue in the state.
2: Another quick example of this uh, that just popped into my brain that's probably more indicative. I have had incredible, like make you wanna pass out fried chicken just about everywhere I've traveled. From Harlem to LA and everywhere in between. But the place that still if you had to ask me what's what if you could only eat one fried chicken for the rest of your life, what would it be? Revival. It, w- it would be Willie May's Scotch House. <gasps> because they still do it in cast iron pans
1: where is
0: this
2: it's in oh, New on Orleans on a stove top right like on yep. a, it's, 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 go it's, a of it's, an, it's an old shortening right they yep. probably shortening it's yeah, that's by, how I do mine yeah. yeah it's side by side four burner stoves and it's just cast iron pans on nice. all of them and those cast iron pans have never moved have never they're seven days <laughs> a week cranking out fried chicken and it wasn't i don't think that there was some secret spice blend that nobody else can figure out i think that revival like makes me swoon every time i'm there Mm -hmm. but it's the flavor that's coming out of that cast iron pan in a restaurant that has been there for 70 years and those cast iron pans a couple of them might be that old you know like i don't know that that is to me that's the that's the secret ingredient and it's not necessarily geographically how it's done it's what is your history with it, and how long have you committed to doing that? It's also
0: part of that is oil that's been cooked in. Like, yeah. You need old oil yeah. for good fried chicken. But, I watched this like crazy documentary. All. Right. I watched this crazy documentary online that showed the difference between good fried chicken and bad fried chicken. They're like, if you're making fried chicken at home, and you got a new jug of peanut oil, and you fry the chicken in that clean p- peanut oil, it will never yes. be anywhere yes. near... As good as what you eat in a restaurant. And fried chicken also is the other thing. When you said barbecue isn't as good as it is in like a rustic environment, fried chicken is the other thing I thought of. And we have brought this up on the podcast twice before. Mm-hmm. There's a restaurant in St. Louis that got caught for serving Popeyes. It was a fine dining restaurant that was bringing Popeyes through the back door because there's a Popeyes two doors down because they couldn't make fried chicken as good as Popeyes because Popeyes fried chicken mm-hmm. is fucking good. Oh, my so God. So they were like...
2: We'll go there and literally drop like a hundred bucks, order. bring right. it in, and then throw it in the, the oven. they be like, wow, this is spectacular.
0: Oh, right? <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh, i gotta google this now yeah oh my
2: god the, the picture the picture is the best because it looks oh like a god. it's like a live action hamburglar situation like the manager's <laughs> coming in with two giant bags oh and like god. sneaking in the back oh door my god. and it's somebody's cell phone camera from across the street so it, you know it looks it looks like the footage from like a 90s movie drug deal
1: well why can't you do that they're paying for it you just have to say it's from them
2: it's because I They're, think um, I think false advertising. Uh, I don't know exactly because right. they were charging like twenty seven dollars a plate too. Okay, because you know fine dining.
1: Okay, so there, <laughs> there is a big problem with that. Don't do that. <laughs> <laughs> um, I actually don't think there's. I think everybody gets so opinionated about food and all this stuff, and which is great because, but everybody's palate's different. I would just say I've traveled. I haven't traveled that much, but from what I've traveled to. I just come back to thinking that I'm very fortunate that I live in Minnesota because we have mm-hmm. so much different variety of food here. And so it makes me come back saying, I'm so grateful I live here. I'm so grateful we have this. We have great Latino food, great burgers, great, I mean, we have everything great here. So I don't think there's one thing, I mean, I go to, I mean, I was in New York a few times and I've been drunk and had their pizza and I'm like, Oh, oh, it's not that great. But then my thing yeah. is like they live there, and then for them it's great. Yep. But for me to say it's not that great, it's like one, I was drunk. Two, mm-hmm. what's my opinion <laughs> too, right? Yeah. Um, if I lived there, I would say it's great too. Um, but I really think that Minnesota has such a great variety, mm-hmm. a variety of food that it makes me whenever I travel somewhere, I always love trying everybody's food. But when the plane comes back, I'm like. So happy I live in Minnesota.
2: <laughs> that's, yeah. that's awesome. I I didn't even think about the pizza thing, but yeah, that's that's for sure. Because then the pushback is like, well, if this isn't that great, like, what the fuck do you have? And I'm like, heggies Like, I don't, you yeah. know, like a tavern no, rectangle style.
1: Rectangle pizza. Yeah. Rectangle pizza. Okay. I hate, it. I hate waiting for anything. That's just me. But rectangle pizza is so good. I'm yeah. like square pizza, but the crust the and everything style, yeah. is freaking amazing. We have
0: a yeah. We have a lot of great foods of different, you know, we're we're probably, I know this sounds controversial. I think we're the smash burger capital of the United States. I was talking to a friend (laughs) about this the other day. I'm dead serious because when you go to other states and you say, yo, where do I get to get a smash burger? Everyone in most other states, everyone tells you one spot. Mm -hmm. Everyone says, you got to go here. New York, you got to go to Gotham. You got to go to, oh man. Top three. we don't have just time top for this three. I said just top three okay, well I'm gonna say Parlor, Dianette, Saundershaker Shaker are my current top three
2: yeah I would I would push Parler, it's been a Dianette. long time since I've had diner, dinettes.
0: me too I would also pull, I tricky. would push in Petit Leon Leon, and Saunders are neck and neck yeah. okay. but anyways if you're in New York they say go to Gotham if you're in Chicago they say go to Oshavol if you're in Minnesota like that's why I'm like oh my god it's gonna what's a what's a smash burger just a crispy, crusty smashed patty it's like burger. They just go like That's... just with cheese oh. and like, then a sauce. like the pilot burger. Okay, like it's not fussy, no toppings, like pickle, yeah, sauce, win. cheese. <laughs> right? Oh yeah, we have so many great spots now. It's you wild. Prove me wrong it's with crazy you know. how much it's taken hold here. Uh, so for me, my answer is again Lebanon. Oh. This is like family edition. <laughs> uh, Knefe. So Kanefe is my favorite sweet breakfast food on earth.
2: I don't think you've ever talked about this before. Uh, I mean, you no, talked about not on here.
1: Is that oh, with we... the cheese? Yeah. Oh, some made that one oh, Diane, So good. can you make me can No. Can you Simei, guys make it? <laughs> I can't make it. may can. Samay used think to add saffron. But I think that's yeah. only good when it's made fresh, isn't it?
0: Yes. Yeah. Oh my God, absolutely.
1: Same invited me to dinner once. Mm. Once only. <laughs> <laughs> uh, he made it and it was fresh and it, I'm not kidding, it came out and I'm like, oh cheese. Mm-hmm. It was delicious. Yeah. It's
0: either semolina yeah, it for was the freaking, like, bread part. Yep. It's either semolina or it's like a um, phyllo, like shredded phyllo. Uh, I like the semolina. He had
1: the shredded phyllo. It was yeah, delicious. I, I, was I like fucking, them both. But my was favorite was really is
0: the semolina because it's nice yeah. and smooth and it just looks when you look at it. And then the stringy cheese. So in Lebanon, the reason they can't make it the way they make it in Lebanon is they use ashwag cheese is what it's called. AKKA. Uh, w I is the spelling. It's called Ashue. There's two different cheeses, but that's the one that's like mozzarella. In the US, it's easier to source mozzarella, mm-hmm. but Ashue is saltier and mm-hmm. it's just like a little different texture. It's way stringier. Like it'll string like five feet in the air. And okay. then you do uh, rose water, yep. s- or, simple or syrup, or orange, or orange blossom. Yes. Yeah, and then just fucking so I mean, He was drizzling
1: it, and I'm thing. like, oh my God, what are you Like, stop. Morons. I want that <laughs> stuff. When I ate it, I'm like, Oh my god, this is so good! Yeah. oh, it's so dumb. Have you they, had it, Ben?
2: Uh, I have not.
1: Oh my god, it's so it's good! Hard
0: to find around yeah. here. Like, can you guys maybe invite us over it. for dinner
1: again, and then we'll oh man, ben? yeah, and hey, hey, Ben just with the dessert. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, no, make me really some canafe.
0: Uh, but, so, the difference is the cheese, yes. right? The cheese is the first thing. The second thing is the sugar's different. Mm-hmm. their sugars that they're using is, is different for them to make their simple the simple syrup that they make with the rose water or the orange blossom is it like, a,
2: like a palm sugar
0: no, no it's I mean it's cane sugar, it's okay. just that it's their cane sugar sure. like they're locally harvesting it, and then I would say the most important thing is if someone makes it here, like if my mom makes it, she's baking it you didn't you don't bake it in lebanon i sent Kwame a video earlier after i thought of this question because i want him to watch it later but they have these burners with like a uh it's like a lazy susan a giant tray like the circumference of this thing is like a dinner table spins around these burner flames and it's like automated some of them spin it by hand but it's an open flame it's not an oven Mm -hmm. here we have to use an oven because we don't you know, we don't have, we don't have something have that. like that. <laughs> I want to, like, figure out a way to do that. But anyway, so when I have that in Lebanon, when I arrive, I always go to Say Sweet. It's a chain. I don't give a shit. When I arrive in Lebanon, I want to go to Say Sweet and I want to have. And then they put it in like a piece of flatbread with uh, little sesame seeds all nice. over it. Just to, something to hold it with. Yeah. And it cuts into that sweetness a little bit. Mm. Get a little Turkish coffee. Spectacular. When you're
1: eating, it's still cheesy.
0: Oh, yeah. It's just strings. It's the, really good. That's, it's I want that so bad. No, it's really it's good. unbelievable. Where can you get that in town? No. <laughs> oh. There might be like one of So you got to get invited <laughs>
1: to Samay's house. That's what I'm
0: saying. There might be like maybe Beirut restaurant does it. Maybe, I don't know. There really is nowhere reputable. Does my mom? mom, my mom makes it, but it's, you know, no offense, mom. She knows too. It's not the same because she's got to bake it. Yeah. So it's like a little different. Then the food I would say that everyone says it's not the same that I think is total and complete fucking bullshit is a Philly cheesesteak. I'll leave it at that. That's, There's nothing you're doing that cannot be done here. It's not the air quality. It's not the, so the water. The chemical composition of the whiz. You know what it is? They pick the right bread. Yep. That's all it is. Is they they selected the correct bread because mm-hmm. here a lot of people pick the wrong or in bread. in Philly. In Philly, like when okay. so when people say a Philly cheesesteak is better than anywhere else, it's because they use the right bread. A lot of other places that make a Philly cheesesteak, they're like just whatever, grab an Italian roll, yeah. and it's not the right bread. It's got to be like chewier. But I'd say you know they don't. It's not like Philly's known for their cow farming, Uh -uh. for the steak that they're using. Uh -uh. Cheese is cheese everywhere on Earth. You know, if you're using any of the various toppings, depending on how you like it, those are available everywhere. It's the selection of the bread. That's literally the difference. I go the
2: opposite way. I actually fuck around, and I do uh, like a, a banh mi. Bread. Like I go to Misant. Yeah, no, that's like one of the closest things you can get. It's so great because it's just like yes. pillowy and crusty. So you get to have that crunch on the outside, but then the star is still the meat and the cheese. I I, I love doing that, and I will say that I enjoy that more than either of the cheesesteaks I've had in Philly. It's yeah. better
0: than the. It's better. That
2: is going to work way better than an Italian roll. Yeah, it's
0: too, it's too dry. Italian rolls too dry.
1: I will
2: let you know once I go to Philly and try okay, it. There you go. Uh, cheers. We got we got one more question. Cheers. Yeah. There cheers. we are. All right. So to go more on three kids that, that grew up in the Midwest here, uh, we all came from pretty humble roots. Uh, we all grew up not really having access to a ton of stuff. Is there something that makes you feel like – a kid again, like a happy kid again? Maybe it's a candy, maybe it's a, a a theme song for a cartoon. Is there something that makes you feel like a kid if you if you had if I brought it in right now or if we played it right now or if we put it on T V right now, is there something that would make you feel uh like you were like you were a kid again?
1: Do you know what's been on the back of my head lately is um I never let my kids play in the rain because you know the old monk singing is like, Oh don't let them play in the rain, they're gonna get sick. Uh-huh. And I never well, Lebanese the people say rain. that shit too. And so my kids, my son's an adult, my son my daughter's a teenager, and it was really raining really hard one day and they were outside running and like and I'm like, I was gonna tell them to come inside, but I'm like, you know what? They need to do these things. So for me, I don't think there really is anything that makes me feel like a kid again, but every time there's rain or there's a puddle, I'm not kidding you. I would walk. Sometimes I go to spoon to make crepes And I see a puddle and I just want to jump in there and I walk along the side until it goes into my shoe and I walk in it because it makes me feel like a kid again. And I regret not letting my kids play in the rain, jump in the puddle, getting dirty because I was told they would get sick. Right. So that's my one thing. That's such an awesome
2: thing know. So if it rains,
1: every time it rains though, I'm like, I just want to go run outside.
0: Mm-hmm. Oh, that's amazing. Yeah. But it makes you think of when you were a kid when yeah. you were told yeah. that it would get you because sick. Because my parents death. never let me because run in the rain. Ooh. Right. You know? No, it's Isn't that it funny? Those yeah. types of...
1: Oh, but, but I have like some friends who don't like their kids to eat sugar. I'm like, let them eat sugar. <laughs> <Yeah>. Because they're <laughs> going to grow up wanting to eat sugar. That was yeah. me. Yeah. That, yeah. Was <laughs> me.
2: that was for sure me. Uh, Charles, what about you? I'm going to stick to the theme of everything
0: we've been talking about. <laughs> so speaking of those yogurt containers... Uh, I learned as a child and it's carried throughout my life that when something says it's expired it's probably bullshit you can figure out if it's expired open it up give it a whiff I you know agree. like does it look weird because mm-hmm. again yogurt like we always had yogurt in the house it was always the expiration date was like a month ago Yeah, fuck that. but I, I like tell my mom like can we eat this she'd pop it open and she'd smell it she'd put it in front of my nose and I'd smell it and she'd be like yeah and I'd be like yeah <laughs> uh, and so if, if we talk about like something now that reminds me of, of being a kid it would be that um you know the the iron gut I developed from eating expired foods that probably were borderline um, and and yogurt being central to that uh, there's a and I tell people this all the time, so Lebanese people make scrambled eggs like fresh scrambled eggs and then they usually throw either chives in it or garlic chives mm-hmm. so when you got green garlic that's a thing actually oh, when i get the green God. garlic just that's it saute that yep. and then throw in the eggs and then scramble the eggs in it that flavor it is delicious. that's that's like lebanese breakfast that's the savory lebanese breakfast to the kenefe and you eat it with like a piece of flatbread right but you eat it. The sauce on the side is a dollop of like, you know, Greek, air quote Greek yogurt, because it's the Lebanese yogurt. It's the same thing, like that thick yogurt. So you scoop up with the piece of bread, some of the egg with the garlic chive, and then you, or the escapes, and then you wipe it through the, uh, the yogurt Ooh. and then eat a mouthful of that. And people think it sounds weird. It's not so vanilla suspicious. yogurt, dude.
1: It's so fucking good. So what do and we that get that in town? And that reminds me
0: of being a kid. What's that?
1: What do we get that in town?
0: You can easily make that one. <laughs> <laughs> the canafe is a challenge. I guarantee you can make canapha. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> Diane, I know you could make canapha. But the eggs thing, of course, just scrambled some eggs with some, so, some chives. It's so, so good. And then just put some yogurt on the side and get some like real good flatbread from Peace Market. Oh, yeah. And, or Jerusalem Market yeah. down the road here. Jerusalem kills it. Yeah, and, and then just like scoop them all together. It's really satisfying. You get like the cool yogurt and the hot egg yeah. and the herbs and then like the bread for like a nice little carby balance. It's
2: fucking great. You legit just made my mouth water mm. just saying that. Yeah. And it's that, also simple. I'm, I'm hungry. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Mine, uh, you actually, you made me think of something. Uh, I still every now and then will uh, like... I'll feel guilty doing it, but I'll buy a box of, like, sugar cereal because I never Mm. had it as a kid. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And uh, I am uh, allegedly marijuana friendly. So every now and then uh, at the end of the night, (laughs) I will, like, at, like, 11 o'clock, I will just, like, crush a little bowl of Lucky Charms. And I'm by myself and I'm in my kitchen. I don't sit down because like you never know if mom's going to come around yes. the corner. Uh-oh. My mom could not possibly come around the right. corner. She lives 20 miles away. There's still some guilt involved. Absolutely. There's some regret. Oh, it's for sure because it, it wasn't judge me because it, me. it was never like I, I love my mom for this but I also hate my mom for this <laughs> that there was she would always give me like 10,000 more reasons why I shouldn't do something. It wasn't just sugar cereal is bad for you. It's that you'll get diabetes, you'll get cancer. Like it's bad for you. You're going to, you'll die early if you eat this. So that's why I don't serve it to you and your friends. You're probably, they're probably going to die. Like that's, that was what I had in my brain. So there's still that like guilty vibe to it. But uh, something that, that recently hit me and that was the inspiration for this question was, um, it was, Cartoon theme songs, when you when you grow up, like as a kid who was alone a lot, uh, when you watch morning cartoons and you're just by yourself, it's all really repetitive, it's all really hooky, and it's all simple chords. And music was kind of like my first love. And I remember thinking that I had figured out something because uh, there was an, an 80s cartoon uh, called DuckTales. Uh, I love DuckTales. So the theme song yes. of DuckTales... And the chord progression in You're Making My Dreams Come True by Hall and Oates mm-hmm. is identical. And if you <laughs> sing along the lyrics to one or the other, it works. And I remember thinking... Like, Dark Side of the Tales? That I had like I had unlocked the cheat code to music. And I was trying to like figure out how to mash everything up. And recently, a friend of mine... I, I convinced a band to do this one time on stage, and it failed miserably. And I, it's still a running joke between the two of us. And he sent me, apparently somebody made, like, a smash-up video of those two songs together, and it had, like, 20 million likes or some shit. Oh, really? And he's like, this is a thing. And I'm like, I know it's a thing! (laughs) (laughs) And so you go back and you listen to it, and just about every one of those cartoon themes has been completely stolen by a pop song or a hip-hop song somewhere somewhere later on, but not like we're using the sample. I'm just going to use this exact melody, and that's what I'm going to steal. And weirdly, that's been my new hobby: is trying to hunt down what songs they are, and then I listen to them. I'm like, oh, that's so dope! Like, holy that's shit, hilarious. this rap song has Darkwing Duck in it. <laughs> oh my god! So it's to me, it's fun knowing that other people grew up listening to that and thought this is a part that I wanna I want to bring with me, but I want to do something different to it, yeah. and it kind of made me think in a a very different way, but it made me think about what you were saying about um, about the Hmong artists that you've been mm-hmm. listening to, is I'm just, I just love watching what people are doing. Because every note that you can hear has been played before. Yeah. Every chord has been played before. I agree. But what are people doing with it? And that, to me, is like, that's the love. I mean, so going back to some of those yeah, influences and That's the same thing
1: with the bakery world or the pastry world. Everybody's done an apple pie. Everybody's done everything. It's what you take from it and what you make from it.
0: That's it. Yeah. True. If you make a s'mores, queen of
2: man. Right? <laughs> yeah. <That's
1: laughs>
2: taking two things that have been done. <laughs>
1: Put
2: it yeah. together. Crepe cakes that you can just buy and completely house in the store while everybody <laughs> looks at you, mm-hmm. wondering whether or not I should ask you to leave because you're eating loudly enough.
0: <laughs> so you park a block away so you can sit in your car. <laughs> No, I like the I like
2: the public shape. I want to oh, eat it right there. <laughs> so wait, you're embarrassed about the bowl of cereal but not the crepe. <laughs> yeah. We didn't even know what a crepe cake He's was He's afraid his had. mom's
1: going to come around the yep. corner. Lucky me. his mom
2: would his Lucky mom would be like, "All right, crepe cake's yeah. cool man." Yeah, exactly. she would 100% and <laughs> I'd yeah. be like, "What's that? How what much is worth a, it?" I She'd want to like it. she just went through my mom just went through like a, a really natural like hippie phase that she would 100 like she loves really really good food now. And I don't think, I. she'd still talk shit about Lucky Charms. That's yeah. not a good thing to be putting into you, period. But it's fun. Uh, but the, yeah, like everything that comes out of your bakery and out of your mind, 100%. My mom would wait in Thank line you. next to me and wait for that.
1: Bring her next time.
2: Absolutely, I will. Uh, Charles, you got anything else? I feel like uh, we've stolen this incredibly busy humans time for uh, for enough right now.
0: No, no, not at all. I am I. I don't say this frequently, and we have a lot of people on the show, but I am a huge fan of yours, Diane, and Aww, it's not something you. that, like, w- we've talked about, like, I'm not the kind of person who gets starstruck, but I love everything you do, <laughs> and I was really happy to spend time with you at Sime's wedding. Yeah. It was really cool to get to know you and then to get to know you better today. This has been...
2: Thank it's been you. a treat. This was well, fun. And I'd say the same thing. Like, I've, uh, you know, I've had sort of a, like an, an elliptical orbit around, but we, we've we mm-hmm. run into each other on and off for years. And I've always enjoyed every time I'm around. And uh, my, my wife is notoriously the stoic one in our relationship. <laughs> I'm definitely the over-effusive, crazy person. Uh, you one night sent out some desserts and literally got just applause from her because she didn't know what else to do she was so excited and I know she's going to be mortified that I you know again brought that up but uh, from both of us just thank you for all the work that you put in and the the devotion to the craft but also just who you are as a human
1: no problem thanks for having me hell
2: yeah Um,
1: hey listeners if you are on Instagram you should follow me at Pastry Diane. Yes. Yeah. And I just created a new account. I don't have anything up yet, but it's going to be a surprise. But Ooh. it's at Chef Diane Moore, M-O-U-A. Cool. So follow me.
2: Could we also, uh, for people that are uh, able that to, right to be here locally, uh, where can they go and find your wares?
1: So you can come to Balcor at Cooks of Crocus Hill at in North, well, sorry, not North Carolina, Minneapolis in the North Loop Ooh. or in St. Paul. Dale, no Univer... no. I'm a little. I, st- right I still
2: haven't been to the St. Paul one, so just I just Google it. Yeah, just Google Belcourt. it. Belcourt
0: Grand
1: and Grand.
2: Yeah, there, you yeah, go. there it
0: so is. Victorian Grand. Okay. Because cool. I've been in there, but yes. not when they had your dope ass pastries.
1: So it's a great retail store. I mean, I've always shopped there before I started working for them. Yes. I loved everything that they carry in there, and putting the bakery in there, it's like it's amazing. I mean, the kitchen that we're in there, it's a luxury kitchen. I always tell my staff they're like oh the sun's beaming too hot lamination's melting I'm like okay you can start at 2am or you can make it work because we get to see life or you can be in a dungeon you know so having you know the windows really help the kitchen is amazing Our the people that owns cooks Carl Marie they're amazing people true the management dev- they're amazing humans so
2: they're, they're truly devoted to to the craft in all senses too yes. like if you need um, some new hardware for your kitchen if you need some new dishes oh. for cooking that's all there the coffee program is incredible the pastries are incredible uh, half the time if you go there during the day you can see people making the things that you're staring at and putting fingerprints on the bakery case with it's uh, it's a really to me, it's a beautiful thing because I've never been a morning person. So the uh, the whole mystery behind baking has always been fascinating to me. And to have a place where you can see things <laughs> in action, it's pretty wonderful.
0: I love it because I'm a morning person. And when she does something <laughs> limited and I go get it, I get to hear people further Thank down you. the line be like, oh, yeah. you got the last one.
2: <laughs> yeah, uh, 4 a.m. through the evening is surprisingly still a thing I can eat do without even worrying about it uh, like 4 or 5 a.m. in the morning murderous me. Can't do it. <laughs> <laughs> uh well thank you to everybody out there again for listening uh we love it again we always ask this i know it's boring but please uh either tell your friends or if you haven't yet done it um subscribe hit us up on on our uh facebook and our instagram and also uh keep giving us reviews it's been awesome seeing tell your friends yeah tell your friends it's been yeah. great seeing reviews coming Reviews
0: are cool but tell your friends you know if you share, podcast, share 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 yeah. yeah if you like the pod just like tell tell a homie there was a a thread recently from a friend of ours who was just asking for requests on a trip and several people uh, tagged us and I saw it pop up and that like is very heartwarming, but it's nice to see yeah. that, you know, we're getting, we're making the rounds and we're circulating and people like us. And so, yeah, just tell
2: your friends if, mm-hmm. if you like us, tell your friends to listen. Sharing is caring, y'all. Yeah. <laughs> All right, you guys take care uh, and we'll see you on the next episode. Peace. Bye.